What's good, everybody? I'm John Zestremski, host of New York, New York with JJ, the first podcast on the Ringer and Spotify dedicated to you, the New York sports fan. We've got episodes three nights a week, plus bonus episodes whenever news breaks. So make sure you follow the show on Spotify. It's the Full Go, presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Chicago everywhere, check it. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Golf, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah, yeah. This is episode 40. 41. Ah, oh, I was going to make this some kind of milestone episode so I could sound different than the rest of the other godforsaken post-game bear pods that we've done before. Uh, welcome into episode 41 of the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff. Brought to you by The Ringer. Spotify is the gang. And if you're hearing my voice right now and you're thinking, man, did he record this like the, the morning after the Bears game? No, no, no. I'm recording this probably about 30 some odd minutes after the Bears game wrapped up. And guess what? Not going to allow the Bears to put me in a bad mood. Now, I know I start most of these pods when we talk about the Bears like that. And then I end up getting myself or working myself into a lather and, and getting angry. I'm going to try not to do that this time because guess what? Today was an absolutely fantastic day. This weekend has been outstanding, to say the least. I've been celebrating life, been celebrating friendship, been celebrating family, been celebrating relations with all the people that I love. Uh, and, you know, Saturday, got a chance to celebrate my my buddy's pre-birthday, I guess. You know, having a birthday party on Saturday, I guess. So his, his birthday, real birthday is on Monday. So shout out to my guy, Eron. Eron reference. And yes, that was an Eron reference for, for the people who uh, go back to the score days and, and Chris Tannehill making that uh, famous. But yeah, I hung out with my buddies on Saturday. You know, hung out with my lady. We played some putt-putt golf. I'm horrible, right? We, we, were, we were doing our thing in this little mini nine-hole golf course uh, inside of a bar slash warehouse kind of vibe, but it was fun. It was fun. I was the worst, worst by far, worst golfer of the group, and that's cool because I bought everybody shots, so that made up for. It. Yeah, you know, you try to try to make sure that you balance things out in life, right? You know, you're gonna bring no talent, no skill to a venue or to an event. Make sure everybody's you know lubricated. Make sure everybody's nice and oiled up, so they they won't remember how poorly you played. Then today, I got a chance to hang out with Chris Tannehill and his family. 
his, his lovely wife, Odie, and his beautiful daughter, Juju, as, lo- as well as a, a host of others who wanted to come out and celebrate my son's fifth birthday, which would be Thursday. I, I say all that to say this. Nothing that the Bears were going to do tonight was going to derail my good mood. And I'm a little tired, you know, watching my kid run around and then running around with my kid all day long. I'm, I'm too tired to get too angsty, right, to get too upset. I will say this. Matt Nagy needs to go, and he needs to go on Monday. There are too many instances, y'all, where we have this did-that-just-happen moment in a football game. And it's seemingly, it's a weekly thing now. Uh, this man punted on fourth and inches, and it almost worked out to his favor because the, the Green Bay Packers uh, muffed a punt, ball bounced off my man's face mask, face mask uh, right to a Chicago Bear. I believe about to, to Damian Williams, if I'm not mistaken. And then the Bears, uh, they gave the ball back because there was a penalty. Kendall Vildor trying his hardest to make sure that he shows up on negative plays week in and week out. Uh, ran out of bounds, didn't do a good enough job of getting back in bounds. Can't do that as a gunner. They have to replay the down. It's a four-yard. I'm sorry, it's a five-yard uh, loss. Uh, replay of the down. Punting on fourth and inches, down 11 knowing that you're going to get a football back to Aaron Rodgers, who's already slicing and dicing your defense, is a dereliction of duty. At some point now, either you're, either you're not thinking or you're, you're cowardly. And, and I saw this, this word pop up a few times on my timeline, whether it be coward or cowardly play calling. I don't know how that's going to endear you to anybody, including the front office, including the ownership who are all there. The entire McCaskey clan is, is around Lambeau Field watching this game. Ryan Pace is up there. George McCaskey has the biggest damn envelope I've ever seen in my life. He's stuffing things into it. I thought, was it tickets? Was it money? Is it pink slips, hopefully? You know, I don't advocate for firing very often. I, I haven't over the last 20 years that I've done this. Maybe three or four guys that I've been like, yeah, this guy got to go. Matt Nagy's one of those dudes. And it's not just the punting on fourth downs because he's done this twice now. He kicked a field goal, uh, I believe, what, to, to make it a, 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 a only a two-score game with a minute and 58 seconds left. Like, these are the things, man. And then the halftime report where Catherine Tappen, I believe her name is, comes out on Sunday Night Football and says, what I've got from Coach Matt Nagy is, quote, I'm having so much fun. Let me tell you something. The Bears were up six points going into half, and everything broke their way. Everything. You would have thought the Bears were up two touchdowns the way they were carrying on because everything broke their way, and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers played uh, a subpar first half and were only down six points. And the thing that the coach has to say after being under siege for the last month and a half at least is, I'm having so much fun. Yeah, fam, you got to go. You got I mean, it's as simple as that. This, this, these are words of the walking dead. These are words of a guy that, that is doing his best to keep his head above, above water by being as confident as he can in the face of destruction, demolition, death, and a bunch of other D words. But guess what? Only thing you're doing when you're being that confident in a locker room full of people who understand that you done pulled a couple of trick plays out your ass and had a punt return for a touchdown is, yeah, man, he's as scared as we are. Because they came out in the second half and got ramsacked 24 to 3. They scored three points after scoring 27 in the first half. That's how I knew this thing was a wrap, too. And by the way, we got to really, really focus in. And, and the reason why I say 
he has to go is because you gotta you gotta figure out what you got on the offensive side of the football. And to me, development isn't only about coaching guys during the week. It's not only about, you know, giving guys a little bit of the playbook at a time and how much they can handle. It's about protecting guys too. And when Tevin Jenkins gets into this football game because Jason Peters goes down, and shout out to Olin Krutz and Alex Brown and Lance Briggs and Dave Wanstead and Dave Kaplan, every, all the guys on that football after show, it's really the only post that I watch or, or try to get a, a little bit of before I jump on here and maybe 10 minutes or so. But shout out to those guys because Olin Krutz mentioned Jason Peters wasn't going to play all 17 games this year. You knew that. You got him off the couch. I mean, you literally got him off a fishing trip. Like, he was fishing. And then you were like, hey, you want to play left tackle for the Bears? He's like, yeah, I'll come take your money. And he's, you know, he's he's played okay in spots. He's also played like a dude who was on a fishing trip in other spots. So you, you mean to tell me when the, the people who are assigned to ask the questions and hold the coaches and players accountable known as the bears media asked is tevin jenkins going to be uh given a, a a prolonged extended look at left tackle and you refer to him as depth all right well if he's depth then cool guess what though depth has to play and when tevin jenkins got in there after the adrenaline subsided after the new guy on the field thing subsided the Green Bay Packers made it a point to target him. The same way corners get targeted, the same way linebackers who can't get who can't run get targeted, the same way defensive ends who can't keep that outside shoulder open enough in terms of you know shutting down their run gaps and and, and making sure that they're forcing things back inside. If you're not a good run defender on that edge, they're gonna they're gonna target you. You're gonna see power O, you're gonna see off tackle, you're gonna see a whole bunch of shit. Well, guess what? Same thing happens to offensive tackles. The man got three holding calls in route, in route to giving up a strip sack fumble that pretty much turned the game around. That 14-point balance was what turned the game. Once, once the Bears got enough of, of the, the, the proper distance from one of the best teams in the NFC and in the NFL and the Green Bay Packers, once that happened, this game was over. This game was over. Preston Smith is one of the best rushers of the passer in the NFL. You're not going to give him a, a third down chance one-on-one with your rookie coming off of back surgery. It's not going to happen. It shouldn't happen. And we've said it too many times. Too many guys have been lined up in situations they shouldn't be lined up in. Jimmy Graham having to block some of the best pass rushes in the game. That Cleveland game, which was a dereliction of duty, when you had your man back there in empty sets against one of the best pass rushers in the game in Miles Garrett, who went to the Pro Bowl. He was going to go to the Pro Bowl anyway, but he damn sure, he, he, he cashed his ticket when that game occurred, when he went four and a half sacks, something like that. So, yeah, development isn't only about getting on the whiteboard. Development isn't only about, uh, you know, film study. Development is also about protecting guys and getting their confidence level to a point where you can have them out there solo dolo. And that's not what's happening. This team, this coaching staff, and this scheme, more importantly, doesn't allow, uh, apparently, for ad-libs. You know, I I listen to a lot of music. Listen to a lot of music. Listen to a lot of hip-hop music. One of my favorite parts about hip-hop music nowadays, sometimes more so than the rhymes, is the ad-libs. I'm a big West Side Gun and Griselda fan. The rhymes be dope, but guess what? The ad-libs, I'm like, oh shit, they really getting their shit off. I really enjoy this song. The ad-libs matter. It's like the extra sauce, right? It's like the extra little ingredient to whatever meal you're eating. The Bears ain't got no extra ingredients. The scheme doesn't have any extra ingredients. If you get what you get is because everything was executed to a T or they had some talent that that played above and beyond or it was a simple coverage bust. And that happened a couple of times tonight. You're going to catch that, right? You're going to catch that. 
I mean, there were there were moments in this game where I'm like, oh, look at this coordination of this offense, right? The 48-yard touchdown, I guess you can call it reception from Jakeen Grant Sr., but really was a push pass off the snap in the shotgun. It was a cr- terrifically executed play. They caught him in the defense that they wanted him in. Next thing you know, you got five lead blockers. It was beautiful to watch. And then you got one of the faster players in the NFL streaking down the sidelines. Beautiful to watch. Putting Demir Bird in the backfield and having him, you know, chunk that little Texas route. Next thing you know, number one is putting it on his chest. He's, he's, he's scurrying down the field. Like, there were certain moments where this thing looked coordinated where it looked like it was planned and executed properly. But when it's time to ad-lib, y'all, they got nothing. It is a skeleton track. It is the track the producer sent over. You put your vocals on it, we're going to ship this to the record company. That's what this offense is. If, If there has to be a little sauce or a little extra ingredient put into this thing, seemingly they don't have the answers. And I also love, too, when this when this offense is trash, we shit on Matt Nagy. But when it's, you know, less than, you know, a, a little bit more than trash, I should say, is Bill Lazor. Right. When 27 points happened in the first half. Yeah. It's like, oh, look at Bill Lazor's offense. And I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm susceptible to it as well. But they, they look coordinated in the first half. And then good coaches make adjustments. The Packers coaches did what they had to do. They targeted Tevin Jenkins. They said, this is the guy who we're going to push around. By the way, the Sam Mustafer thing, it was cool because he's like, oh, look at this backup who can play a little starting center for you. He's not a starter. He's not. He's not. If all the people want to ask Kenny Clark, guess what? Kenny Clark is in your goddamn division. You're going to have to see him twice a year until he hurt or not a Packer. All right? I'm tired of people mealy-mouthing this thing. We're going to have to play this game that I like to play at the end of the season. And we're going to play it together as a fan base. It's called guy, more than a guy, dude. All right? Is this person a guy? Is he more than a guy or is he a straight stud? Is he a dude? And we're going we're gonna to go down the list. And ain't a whole bunch of dudes on this team. It's not. Eddie Jackson had a pass breakup. I, I, I swear to God, I hadn't seen it since game two or three this season. You know? Like, you, you're paying average players really, really good money right now on that defense. We can talk about the defense because that's where this game, I think, was lost for the most part. Defensively, listen, Eddie Goldman, the, the, the rumor of Eddie Goldman, um, hadn't been stellar this year. There's been moments where like, oh, look at that. That's Eddie Goldman. This didn't look like this last year because he was out for COVID. This year, off and on, off and on. And that is the the nose tackle is is as important a position in the three four defense as you're gonna find. It's the reason why you know Devin White and Levante David and them boys can run around like, with their hair on fire because Vita Vea has taken up two blockers. Vita Vea is one of the best players in football that you don't know about. Big old number fifty for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Rex game plans. So I need Eddie Goldman to be that guy. Second round pick. It's not too much to ask, right? Roquan Smith. Didn't have the best game, but he was out there. That's a dude. And then after that, it's Slim Pickens, man. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. 
By the way, these PFF rankings, we got to get somebody on from PFF, Pro Football Focus. I love Pro Football Focus because it makes me feel like I'm a smarter football fan when I read it and also the rankings. But if, if Roquan Smith is the 44th best linebacker out of a possible 84, then you got different rankings. And don't get me started on the foolery that Chris Collinsworth engaged in this evening, whether it be Aaron Rodgers being the most honest quarter or most honest person that he's been around in a long time. What do you say? What, what foolishness did he say? I actually, t- I actually tweeted about it because I- I'm sitting here listening to it. I'm like, really, man? Like Aaron Rodgers is great. Don't get me wrong, but the 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 hyperbole with which Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels engaged in, like, we get it, guys. Like, you're big Aaron Rodgers fans. Who is it? Right. I mean, uh, as, as a football player, as a guy, you know, take him or leave him. But as a football fan, uh, yeah, who isn't? I've been arguing that Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league for the last 10 years. You know, you can give me Tom Brady and make a great argument. I'm just talking about if I had to pick a guy that I was going to say, hey, this quarterback's going to win this game for me. It'd be Aaron Rodgers. But the, the, some of the stuff that they were engaging in, it, it was as if they knew the game was going to get bad. So they wanted to get their martyrdom, their Aaron Rodgers martyrdom all set and ready for you. And the first half kind of kept our attention long enough. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. Robert Quinn, outstanding. Killed number 73 all game long. Yeah, this is this, this is the quote. My bad. My bad, guys. This is the quote. Chris Collinsworth said, have you ever seen someone as honest about everything as Aaron Rodgers? What? Like, are you punking me? Like, are you, are you saying this just so I can spit something out? Are you saying this just so I can say, holy shit, Chris Collinsworth is out here trying to make sure that we're all listening? Like, certain times, I think that certain broadcasts are like, yo, let, let me see if they listen. Let me just say this ridiculous shit out loud and see if anybody calls me on it. You know? And I hate it, too, because, you know, I like his kid. I like Jack Collinsworth. He's got the same cowboy raspy voice, but it seems like, you know, he's down with the people. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, the, the whole thing, the broadcast, the national TV, you know, the, this is this is becoming a, a, a yearly embarrassment where you're going to get what? Three games, two games that the rest of the country is going to see how pitiful, how awful and how lowly your franchise is. But from as far as Matt Nagy is concerned, nice guy, I'm sure. But this ain't it. And, and save your franchise, save some of the players on this franchise, you know, say, have some salvageable moments going into next year. And you might say, what is what is firing him going to do, Jason? Guess what it's not going to do. What, what it's not going to do is make me think any less of the players that are on this team already, because I think I think poorly of them already. So it's not like I'm going to raise the stock of certain guys. But what it will do for me is find out, is this a culture thing? Is this a Matt Nagy thing? Is this a football coach thing? Like, are, are guys just throwing dudes out there to the wolves of the NFL and saying, hey, go go have at it? You throw an Oklahoma State rookie tackle out there who's got back issues against one of the best pass rushers in the game and a third down play where they got to have it. That's where he eats. That's where Preston Smith makes his money. He got to have it in that moment. Three holding calls later, you, you're looking at Tevin Jenkins' first first real, real look and saying to yourself, damn, what do I have on tape? Like, all the tape that you lead into an offseason with can't be shit tape. It can't be beating you over the head with, okay, this is how bad you are. It got to be some good moments in there, too. In the first quarter and a half or so, he seemed like he was holding serve, doing his job. But once the Packers said, this is what we have to identify, this is what we have to locate, and this is what we have to exploit, they did it. 
Now, now it's your turn. Ball's in your court. Throw another tight end over there. And don't get me started on the David Montgomery hate, apparently, that is happening in the in offensive meetings. Because David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert uh, and Damian Williams are a pretty damn good trio of running backs. Pretty decent. All right? The Bears tonight ran. They ran. For 137 yards. Now, 74 of that is Justin Fields running for his life. Running for his life left and right. Guys aren't open. Yeah, you you got to take off. I'm not mad at that. I, I think that you're you going to need 60-plus yards out of Justin Fields for the foreseeable future until this offense gets to the point where he's as comfortable as he needs to be in the pocket, which I don't think will be at any point this year. But damn, bro. 10 carries for 42 yards for David Montgomery. Damian Williams, two carries for 13 yards. Khalil Herbert, one carry for three yards. There was a point where for three, four weeks, Khalil Herbert was one of the best running backs in the league when David Montgomery was out in terms of yards gained. I just, I I don't understand it. I don't understand the game plans. I don't understand uh, when the game plan goes wrong, what happens. Like, and, and, and there were some moments. There were some moments. Like I mentioned, the Demir Bird pass, that's off the interception. This three plays, 60 yards, bang, 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 right there in your face. Justin Fields staring down adversity and saying, I'm still out here. They still going to let me throw the ball? Bet. I'm going to throw something right on target. You take it to the crib, Demir Bird. And I got to speak on it because I've been watching it and I was waiting for today. Aaron Robinson got to go. And I know he's probably gone anyway, but he's got to go. Go back and watch that game. And see the certain, like, there were certain plays where there was an RPO that I was specifically watching Allen Robinson. He was, he, was, he was wide left. And he didn't think the play was coming to him. He didn't think the play was coming his way. So he's out there, you know, doing a Watusi with the corner, you know, pretending like he's blocking him. Hey, pretend to be blocked. I'm going to pretend to block you. We're going we gonna to see this play through. And before you know it, Damian Williams is on his back pushing him. Because he's not moving. I've been watching Allen Robinson. I know, I know he's been hurt. But Allen Robinson, he ain't been a part of this thing for most of this year. And as soon as this kid got the gig and he realized that Darnell Mooney was his guy, Allen Robinson don't want to be here, man. It's as simple as that. You can go back and look at the tape. There's a couple of balls that Allen Robinson should have fought for that were, were nearly picked. That I'm like, you know what? This dude, he ain't in it. He ain't in it. And I don't call guys quitters. I'm not saying he quit. I'm not saying he's not tough enough. Whatever the case may be, all I know is I've seen Allen Robinson be a better football player than he was tonight, and it had nothing to do with his injury. Now, the Darnell Mooney thing, that bothers me too. I mean, you, you five targets, you only complete one of them to a guy. That, that, that chemistry and that synergy that we've been talking about, for whatever reason, these last couple of weeks, it hadn't been the case. And I'm talking about the last couple of starts for Justin Fields, not, you know, just Andy Dalton, you know, the last couple of weeks as well. This is the, the island of misfit offensive toys, and nobody's putting anything together. I just, I don't know. And, and, and we're getting very close. Like, the city's turning right now. City's turning. Because the Matt Nagy thing, there's fatigue with that, and rightfully so. There's fatigue with the Ryan Pace thing. City's starting to turn on whether they believe in Justin Fields or not. And I got to be honest with you. Do you think I'm just not there? I'm not there. And and maybe it's because I'm invested in what I think I see or what I saw coming out of school, obviously. 
but I'm here for it. The dude has all the raw skills to be a really, really, really good player, right? Like this whole Russell Wilson thing, everybody, oh, look at Russell Wilson. I have been comparing this cat to Steve McNair since I saw him. It's less Russell Wilson and more Steve McNair to me. The size, the toughness, the arm, the mobility, the leadership ability that I think will be there once he grows, once he gets a little bit older, once it truly is his locker room, once it truly is his football team. Right now, you know what he is? He is is an advanced placement student whose teacher just happens to be a substitute who got the job for the rest of the year. You remember those days where you're like, oh, look, is 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 Mr. Williams? He's he's willing in the he's willing in the uh, the, the AV TV, you know, the audio visual TV. You remember when they used to willing them big ass TVs on the cart? Like, oh look at this, we're about to watch Last of the Mohicans for the seventh time because this guy's got a hangover and he doesn't want to teach us today. And the next thing you know, that teacher quits and uh, and the substitute Mr. Williams is your, your teacher for the rest of the year. And he's like, oh shit, I don't have planned. Uh, hey guys, we're gonna talk about current events. <laughs> we're gonna watch. Remember those teachers used to make us watch the news with them? And like, oh, you ain't got shit planned. All right, I can dig it. I'll, I'll play this game as long as you want to play this game. I grew up in the Channel <laughs> One era, Jay. Remember? We, I don't know if you had Channel One when you were in school, but like that was right when that started. That's when I was like a junior senior uh, in high school. When I was like, yeah. you know what? Watching the news is gonna be part of the curriculum every day, and everyone's like. <laughs> cool <laughs> sounds like a blast because you had you had maria menounos on there We're like all right we are in good maria shape here Menounos. with the news let's go bring me more of the news because i love the news so much <laughs> like you'd look a teacher in the eye and go really like this is what you chose to do today like you must have had a great time like i mean we all been there when the teacher comes in hug over you know what I mean? Just saying the most inappropriate shit. Like, oh, this guy's going to get fired soon. <laughs> like, that's, that's what's happening with Matt Nagy. Justin Fields, and, and Justin Fields, it, he's got enough cockiness and enough arrogance, and he moves in a certain manner. And I, I called this weeks ago, guys. There's going to be, you just wait. The end of this season, there's going to be enough people who are like, you know, <laughs> along with this vaccine, I don't really believe in this Justin Fields guy. <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's really there's like people are gonna be making a year end list of what they don't believe in. <laughs> you can't have people doing their own research on if Justin oh. Fields is good or not. Oh. It's all on <laughs> it's all on the tape, man. It's all on the tape. And I was thinking about the infrastructure that Russell Wilson had waiting for him when, when he broke into the league and compare the with fucking him. Legion of Boom and Marshawn Lynch exactly. and Pete Carroll. Yeah. And a conviction <laughs> to to run that and to run Marshawn Lynch, you know, because that's right. what they had, you know. So like the- it's what you do with a rookie quarterback. <laughs> like that's the other thing too. We haven't seen a rookie get treated the way he's supposed to at that position. Like who's the last guy we've seen that is like okay, this is what you do with one of these. One caving now, he wasn't good enough. Rex Grossman, it, <laughs> there's there's injury and the Kyle Orton thing. Like we haven't been through this exercise as a family, as a Bears fandom. We haven't. So immediately we're like, oh shit, we got to get up out of here. Right? It's, it's, it's like the guy who's never been in a long-term relationship. And, and as soon as the newness starts to subside, you're like, oh, what's this you not being happy all the time thing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, our Bears fans are like, 
is that an errant pass? <laughs> like, wait a minute. Is he staring down receivers like every other rookie does? Oh, no. I got to get up out of this. Like, that's what Bears fans are right now. Bears fans are like, you know what? <laughs> this whole thing when you sleep over after we hang out is just bothering the shit out of me. <laughs> I think we should peel back this relationship to its real core. It's grassroots. <laughs> you only come over at two in the morning when I'm drunk. You know what I mean? Like Bears fans are looking at this thing and not acting like they have a long-term relationship with this kid. I don't care what you feel. Whatever you feel about Justin Fields, think about it this way. <laughs> He's going to get more time than Mitchell Trubisky got. <laughs> And it seemed like Mitchell Trubisky got every single chance, right? Like, I don't know how to feel, what to feel. I just know that I feel. And in this and in this moment, I, I could be different on Tuesday. I could be different on Thursday. But in, in terms of what, what matters in development and what I need to see, I just need somebody else being the face of it. I just need to know. Because if you suck under two different coaches or two different, like if you suck under a coach who is trying to show people that he should be a coach, like those coaches are going to do everything they possibly can. Like, all right, we're going to get some help out there for Tevin Jenkins. We're going to move this pocket. Hey, guess what? David Montgomery, we're about to run you into the ground. Like they're going to take it back to real fundamental, like take it back to, to fundamental football. The scheming and the trick plays and the, and the, you know, the, the, the shit looks like a CFL game out there, man. Like, you got guys running 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage and doing, you know, big-ass bell curves just to get a wheel route done. Like, I don't need that. I don't need that. And, and if, you, if you don't, like, Bill Belichick punked the entire fucking league the other night. The entire league. Bill Belichick looked at a, 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 a weather report and said, guess what, guys? We're going to throw this ball three times. And we're going to win this goddamn game. And they went out there and did it. Sean McDermott, in the same weather, passed the ball 30-some-odd times. Bill Belichick punked the entire league. He's like, oh, that's Bill Belichick. Guess what? I don't know if y'all been watching. Bill Belichick got a grade A uh, A defense. That offense ain't shit. That offense is decent at best. But they run the football. They're physical as hell. And they, they give the ball to the defense and say, hey, man, win the game for us. We up seven. We up six. Go win the game. There's too many people trying to outthink football, outthink fundamentals, outthink the natural progression. It doesn't have to be sexy. You got to get results, right? These are the people that they want to, you know, no shot at crypto, but these are the people who want to invest in crypto. Buy some bonds, right? Buy, buy some things that are, that are, are formatted to, to withstand any kind of downturn. Not many things are, but there are a few. There are a few that we're always going to use, and there are a few things that are tried and true in football. Your quarterback is young. Get him a set of tight ends. Get him an offensive line. Get him a running back. Figure it out. Build from the middle out. What we have with this football team right now, though, is a young man who is under, under duress, under stress. Yeah, he's got some bad habits, too, by the way. He's got some bad habits. But these are all things that can be coached out of guys. We've heard this before, staring down receivers. All right. Second year, if you're doing that, it's a problem. Third year, if you're doing that, it's a problem. This is his first year in the league. He doesn't have too many things he could trust. So what he's trusting right now is his first read. And Stacey Dales came on his podcast and told y'all, there's a lot of coaches out there and the same thing, that, that, this common refrain, the same thing keeps getting echoed. Same sentiment. He's close. He's close. So if he's close, what's holding him back? 
Is he holding himself back? I don't believe he's the guy that's not out here watching film doing what he has to do. Is the coaching staff holding him back? Hey, verdict's still out on that. All I know is a 20, uh, uh, early, was it 21-year-old, 22-year-old, a set of 22-year-olds at left tackle and at quarterback. Got to protect them a little bit better than that. The little moments, the things that I'm upset about. That's why Matt Nagy, like I said, might be a great guy. I think all you people who are out here running around booing him at the Marianos and booing him at, you know, his kids' games, I think y'all are trash. But that doesn't make up for the fact that he's just not a good head coach. He's just not a good head coach. And tonight was another instance of that. Punting a ball on fourth and inches to a guy who's been kicking your defense's ass when you're only down 11. Not helping Tevin Jenkins out a little bit more. Not running the football so you could take the, the cracked ribs, you know, that, that Justin Fields has. And give him a playoff every once in a while. Just the little stuff. And I'm tired of the game getting away from you. I'm tired of, you know, that's something we need to do. That's on me. It's all on you. And I'm tired of not really being as passionate about this team as I'm used to. That's the other thing, man. Like, I, I'm doing this because we need it. We talk about it. It's therapeutic, all those things. But I really, I'd rather be talking about the Bulls' outbreak of COVID, to be honest with you. <laughs> because my man Will Purdue is getting ready to suit up. KG is going, KG's not going to fight Jake Paul. He's going to get his ass some minutes in small forward. And let me tell you something right now. My ball mask, can, I, I'll take a 10-day being on somebody's bench, you know, corralling all the, the, the post-game talent, hanging out with the people. Yeah, I'm not getting in the game. You, you, you tell me to get in the game. I'm going to rip the warm-ups off and have another set of warm-ups on underneath them. <laughs> Ready for the club. The Bulls are in dire, dire straits right now. And, by the way, the NBA is like, hey, fuck you guys. You got to play all these games. <laughs> the, the, NBA, the NBA is acting like the NFL, where it's like, ah, you know what? We don't care that you only have seven people on the roster right now. You, we, we did the same thing to Philadelphia. That's how you guys got COVID. So now take it to another team. You know, that, that's pretty much what the league is telling them. Hey, Harold Asumu, are you happy that you're on the front page of the paper? Here's COVID. <laughs> Enjoy your next 10 days, right? Like, the NBA doesn't care about me. The Bears don't care about me. You know, this little jumpy place that, that, that we went to today for, for Jason's uh, birthday party. They don't care about my pockets. Nobody cares about me. So why should I be mad about things all the time if nothing cares about me? Matt Nagy didn't care about me. He didn't care about Tevin Jenkins and Justin Fields. Why should he care about me, Right. I'm just sitting here in the cut as a Chicago sports fan looking around like, man, it's a cold winter coming here. <laughs> the, the NBA doesn't care about the Bulls. The Bears don't care about themselves. Baseball doesn't care about Sox or Cubs fans. And I'm just sitting here trying to figure out a way to free Lewis Hamilton. That's right. I'm watching F1 racing on my timeline. You motherfuckers don't care about racing that much. All of a sudden, everybody's talking about F1 racing. This was a weird day and a weird weekend. And I'd like to thank the Bears for capping it the way that it's always capped. A national TV embarrassment at the hands of Aaron Rodgers. All that I own you shit, everybody's like, yeah, we're going to come out and show him. Guess what? You showed him for the first half and he was only down six points. <laughs> and then he pulled it out and put it on your coffee table so you could take a gander at it once again. I'm tired of this. Next segment. The Full Goal with Jason Goff.
Three great words. Free fries Friday. Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Bell one time on Fridays at participating McDonald's through 1231 Excludes tax must up into rewards. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Connect with the show 24-7 on the Four Gold voicemail line. Hit us up at 773-359-3103. That's 773-359-3103. The Full Go with Jason Goff. I'm Chris Tannehill, producer of this thing. And this, if this call doesn't work out, you know, these calls come in as we're doing the show. I get to screen most of them, but some of them I don't. But when you get one, we have the the transcription on on our phone line here, oh, which, no. is, which is yeah, that good luck. That, that's right, folks. So you can kind of see what someone's getting at. So if this call sucks, that's a hand up. That that's on me. But you know, this is mostly people were sad after this game, and I get it. So we don't want to okay. talk to a lot of sad people. So <laughs> I've had enough of those people in my life, to be honest with you. So let's just that's the t shirt. That's the motto for the for the holiday season. We don't want to talk to sad people. Take your sad shit somewhere else. You know, take it to take it to John Yastrzemski on New York, New York. He, he, JJ will help help you out with all your sadness. <laughs> he has to talk to Mets fans every fucking day. The Coalition of Sad Bears Brothers on the on the oh my God. line here after this game. Oh my all right, but, but we're all hurting. Yeah, but let's get into it from the seven seven three. Let's see what we're working with here out of the shoot. All right. I'm thinking if you, if you step back for a moment, what is, what is there really to say? What can we as, as Bear fans who, who did live the 85 team look back as a blueprint of like what works, right? There's stuff like stop watching the games, sure, but are we going to do that? But I find myself on text threads with, you know, friends, family, whatever. And they're screaming up a storm about what's wrong with the team and, you know, what needs to be done. And I'm starting to think like, how the fuck do we know? What, what, what do we, what do we have as a, as a blueprint for anything? We don't, we don't know shit. We've never seen the shit that works. (laughs) You know, we've got, you know, that, that, the the Erlacher, the Colt, that Super Bowl and all that. But I mean, we were just in the way of, Peyton Manning, you know, fulfilling his legacy, right? That that team was like Sean Kemp and Gary Payton running into Jordan or, or whatever, you know. You're just in the way of, of something greater, someone someone else's greater legacy. But, you know, the, the Bears, I, I don't even know how to critique it because you've never seen what, what works. That's the crazy part. You know, and, and and there's some Stockholm syndrome shit going on right now. Which, I mean, for me, because it's like, you know, outside of the Erlacher, Forte, Mike Brown, Devin Hester, like those Bear squads, like the second reference in my lifetime that I enjoyed watching play football the most have been Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Favre, I was younger, loved the gunslinger shit, but 
Rogers again. <laughs> it's like a surgeon. Like I love watching that dude play football, and it fucking pains me as a bear. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, man. Hopefully, the Bulls get through the, the, the this pandemic breakout and whatever. <laughs> Hopefully, Field stays and he can become great with the Bears because I think he's truly going to be great. Fuck, man, what do we know? How do we know what's right? What's what's the right way? I've never fucking seen it. Hey. Dudes are still eating for free in this town from fucking 1985. I was two. Fucking crazy. Anyway, excited to hear your uh, take on it tomorrow. Whenever you put it out. Peace and love. Go, go fucking bulls. Yo, listen, listen. We have received plenty of calls on this thing 41 episodes in now that is a top fiver if not top three <laughs> straight up that that is the soul that's the soul that's, right that's our our inner monologue as bears fans every day like that's what we think about <laughs> like and this guy is just able to articulate it and like we're all <laughs> we're all the same here well kind of sort of yeah <laughs> but, but it's what we're all thinking at any given moment as a bears fan it's like you talk yourself through things and like okay well maybe it'll be fine but then it's like oh no wait actually it probably won't no, i have no, never won't. seen it and i love my guy <laughs> mentioning the 85 bears and how they're still eating off that but the two references as you mentioned two references to the 06 06 team <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it is right there. It's like how how bad are we? That's, that's, like, that's we, our eighty five. We cling to that team, and they didn't even win. That, that's what I'm saying. That's our eighty five, and they didn't, they got their ass handed to them. <laughs> like, like shout out to my guy because that's like we know a lot of guys on that team, especially like Pat Manley yeah. and Alex Olin, and Olin yeah. and Lance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peanut. Uh, all, shout all out guys to Chris who, Harris. Yeah, all guys who you would say, man, they did a, a damn fine job wearing. Oh, yeah. wearing the navy blue and orange oh, yeah. you know yeah. but unfortunately yeah. they, and they went down to miami and got that shit pushed in though <laughs> you know what i mean like devin hester returned a touchdown and i i punched a hole in my garden apartment ceiling <laughs> i jumped up and punched a hole in it because i thought the bears are gonna win and that was the last time i was happy during that game that's probably the last time i was happy as a Bears fan but that's it by the way my man had serious from zach and mary make a porno uh the the hug it chug it football <laughs> all night <laughs> right all night fucking Roethlisberger like that that was that guy in the flesh but I mean that's it that's the inner bear soul right there I can't I can't do any anything more to that call that 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 should be put in the full go podcast hall of fame in terms of voicemailers what else we got Tan? all right next one I know we talked about Matt Nagy's lack of second half adjustments that's a story as old as time since Lisa yep. and Nagy's been here uh, but this caller from the 773 wants to know if maybe there's some more blame to spread around today. Yeah, this is Mike B from the South Side of Chicago. I mean, one thing I've noticed so far this season is you know, not only has the offense failed to make second-half adjustments for the Bears, but the defense doesn't change anything in the second half either. And I know Sean decides a new coach and a young guy. Uh, my, my question is, do you think Sean Desai needs to go with Nagy or – do we give him another shake? Do we give him another shot next year to kind of get a little bit more experience and, and try to keep this thing rolling? I appreciate it. You know, Sean Desai, I was really, uh, really high on early on in the season. But as the season has worn on, the defense has been leaky in too many instances. I mean, I, I know Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are good, but 
That second half was atrocious defensively. And you, you gave him some short fields, obviously, with the turnovers. Uh, but, you know, Eddie Jackson, I, I, Robert Quinn, by the way, I can't, I cannot express enough the, the way that Robert Quinn has played this year. Um, it makes you really, really, really wonder what would this team have looked like if Khalil Mack was healthy enough, right? Like when he was some kind of healthy early on in the season, he's still a force. But if he was healthy enough, I think Khalil Mack's been hurt the last couple of years, to be honest with you. But Robert Quinn is over there eating and all you got to do is throw another person on the other side. And no Akeem Hicks, you know, and when you do have Akeem Hicks, he's not healthy. Um, they, they got some issues. You know, they're playing with a guy in Alec Ogletree in the inside linebacker position next to Roquan Smith that they didn't have big plans for this year. I think he's, I think he's, a, I think he's a decent player, to be honest with you. I do. I think, he, obviously, he's a better player than Danny Trevathan, even though Danny Trevathan's out with injury. And I think Danny Trevathan might be coming up on the end of his career. Those corners, though, like, the reason why I'm detailing all these players is because Sean Desai's got a certain, certain expectation level for me. Uh, the, the secondary is atrocious. Like, if they had a first-round pick, I would really, really implore them to look for a corner. Um, <clears throat> Xavier Crawford, before he went out with his concussion, by the way, I had no idea who the hell Xavier Crawford was until uh, he got burnt a couple times in tonight's game. Uh, good old number 21 was out there. He's being handsy. He, he, was, he was doing a lot of things you don't want corners to do, and then he got a concussion. So we hope he's okay, obviously, for his physical health. But Kendall Vildor is not an NFL player. Uh, Xavier Crawford did not look good. Uh, Tashaun Gibson is a missile, but not enough plays made on the football for my liking. And Eddie Jackson is a guy who has regressed ever since he got paid. I'm not saying it's because he got paid. I'm just saying this is when it started happening. Uh, I don't know how much to put on Sean Desai's plate because there have been times where I'm like, okay, you know, put your best two pass rushes on the same side of the field. When Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack were healthy, he would throw Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, and, and, and Robert Quinn within close proximity of each other every once in a while just to mess with the offensive line, give them different looks. But when the defense <clears throat> doesn't have the raw materials that I think are requisite for having a, a good defensive game plan, then you know, you're going to have these issues. Now, have other players kind of stepped up and, and show me things? Yeah. You know, Travis Gibson, I think you, got, you may have something in Travis Gibson. Right. Kyrus Tonga got hurt tonight. Uh, I think you're going to have to give him more looks as the season wears on if he's not hurt. Uh, seriously, but Sean Desai, if I were giving him a grade overall this year, probably you're somewhere around C plus, somewhere around there. You know, I think he's been above average at best. Started out really good, started out really well, I should say. And as the injuries mounted, you got to make things happen. You got to scheme things up. Got to have the ad libs. Got to have the extra season. And Sean Desai has not had that answer for this Bears defense, especially over the last few weeks. What else we got, Tanny? Well, it is the most wonderful time of the year. And uh, for Bears fans, that is you. That's here. Yeah, that's for Bears fans. That's usually what team from the AFC can I root for? Um, it happens every <laughs> year around this time. Uh, but this call from the 708 wants to talk about that as well as some other things that happened tonight. All right, Jason. Dennis from Elgin, part two of this Bears-Packers conversation. I found the thing to be happy about. It's Chris Collinsworth is being hilarious. Talking about decisions needing to be made what do you do with the likes of alan robinson and nick Foles? holy shit like <laughs> is, is that a question for challenger horrible horrible question like just yes obviously everything has to get blown up get rid of everything 
besides Rokan Smith and, and Justin Fields. And let's keep, you know, Montgomery. He knows what he's doing. But, oh, my gosh, I don't even have the Bulls to lean on anymore now that look, Zach's got COVID. I mean, what do we got? Ten people out of the Bulls got COVID? Okay, so if I was looking for something, it's just Collinsworth being funny, like thinking about what do the Bears do? Like, it's obvious, but will they do it? So, again, help me. Where do I go? AFC team, like, can I just pick some team? I don't want to be a Chiefs fan. They're annoying. Come on. Like, what can we do? Thank you. Oh, don't put that on me. I mean, if you're going to have an AFC team to root for and a team that I've rooted for as a kid, that was kind of like my AFC team because my favorite quarterback at the time played for them. I, hey, man, those Cincinnati Bengals, that's that's the squad you can nestle up to, right? They got Joe Mixon. They got Joe Burrow. They got Jamar Chase. They got a really nice young defense. I don't know if they're ready for prime time just as yet, but that's the team you can, you know, hit your wagon to. Same. Is, is Ohio the same? It was it a time zone as because they, they, they had that weirdness that they switched to like, oh, like, right, like right. Detroit, right? Where where they go Eastern time zone when we're still in the central because daylight timings, daylight savings is a sham. I know by baseball, the, the Reds play at Easter. They play six o'clock. Yeah, right. So, yeah, they're on the yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're in kind of the same time zones. If you want to watch a <laughs> Bengals game, even though you know, all the fucking teams play at noon or three or seven, by the way. So I don't know why the fuck the time zone would be an issue. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Don't, don't, don't worry about anything that I said in the last 10 seconds. I'm a fucking idiot. Uh, but, <laughs> and keep that in there, too, by the way. Want people to know that, that I'm an idiot. But, yeah, um, Chris Collinsworth had a, uh, he had a stellar game tonight. He, was, he said some things. Yeah, there was a moment where, yeah, after the, um, <laughs> after the interception, uh, he comes out and says something to the effect of, uh, this is the time now. You got to find out what you got. In, in in Justin Fields, I'm like, wait, what? Wait, is he fucking getting cut tomorrow? Like, is it, <laughs> like, is it, is it contract time for like you got to find out what you got? Uh, uh, when did the referendum on Justin Fields will he stay or will he go get added to Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace's fate? Like, what are we talking about here? But hey, you know, all you got to do, like I tweeted earlier in the game, if you want to know who the broadcaster is close to or who he is getting his information from, all you got to do is listen real close. <laughs> That's all you got to do. They tell you. So, yeah, this is, this, is, this is it. It's do or die for Justin Fields, even though he'll have four more games in another two years to try to figure out what he is. So, yeah, man, uh, go ahead and be a Bengals fan in the AFC. You know, get your rocks off while you're watching those three guys on that offensive side of the football get busy. But as far as the Bears concerned, you know, hey, there's some things I do like, right? Cole Komet, it seems like it, Cole Komet can keep his feet. Like, he's making these slow, slow steps to Gosh. being a decent player. Show me yeah. something, man. Yeah. Second like round yeah. pick. <laughs> yeah. I got to know something, man. Please. I'm grasping. <laughs> I'm grasping, bro. I'm I'm trying. Like every time Cole Komet makes a catch, I'm like, oh, he stayed on his feet this time, guys. He, 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 look at him. He's catching the ball and still running with it. You know what I mean? Like, look, he'll be Travis Kelsey in no time. 
You know, that's that's how I'm out here with it. So, yeah, they, if you need another team, root for the Cincinnati Bengals. But let's face it, you're not rooting for anybody else. There's, there's enough. There's too much football being a Bears fan, right? Like, like you got to take in your misery and then you got to take in the other team's dominance. It's like, no, I just want one side of this. I want to go back to the days, well, if there ever was a day, where my team kicked the shit out of a team. I'm like, aha, you guys got to root for that team. I got this one. I don't have to worry about that team. But instead, I get to look at, oh, look at how good these other players are on this other team kicking the hell out of mine. So that's what he, that's where we're at with it. If you want to be a Bengals fan. Collie will always reach out and say, hey, the standard is still the standard, even no matter oh, what well, the Steelers well, record is at the time. Yeah. Like he's been Collie's trying got to, some issues. Yeah, he's been trying to lure like me over to the dark side for a long time now with the Steelers. Yeah. You know, you look at the Chargers, you know, after what they did, you know, putting up 37 yeah. points. That's an interesting team there to take yeah. a look at. You know, like if you if you like offense, uh, if, if you're not hey. familiar with this, this devil's magic offense that they got running out there. But yeah, there's a... When when football is not good, as we talked about in, in oh episodes previous, it's the worst it, fucking sport in the world when it's not good. Yeah, <laughs> so it's it's not, even worse than it's even worse than bad baseball because even when bad baseball, you're like there's like two guys who do something so stellar. It's like these guys shouldn't even be on this team. They're way better than everybody on this squad. But when football is bad, it's like oh man, like. You know, a guy getting 15 tackles doesn't doesn't really, you know, get you going the way it should. You know, like, ah, this, ah, but wait, but what if they uh, look at the film and they see it was actually 17 and a half tackles? Now, that's, yeah, that's the shit you root for as a fan. That's when you wake up, you look at that box score, like, ooh, it changed. Uh, he's got more tackles than I thought he had last night. The, the old Erlacher add-on, right? Where, you, where you'll watch Erlacher land on three piles and all of a sudden he's got 22 tackles. He had the greatest tackling game in all of it. NFL history and I saw him actually stop three people so yeah no it's it's it, it's Bengals for me it might be charges for you the charges thing still feels kind of funny to me uh, I hate the fact that they tried to assassinate Tyrod Taylor just to give Justin Herbert his gig <laughs> he punctured that man's lung you know what I'm saying like it's just some some wicked shit that's going on over there in LA that I can't get behind like Justin Herbert is going to turn out to be like Jim Kelly of our era right like he's going to be a hall of famer just get he's a pass for 40,000 yards or something stupid and I'll always look at like Man, they did Tyrod Taylor so wrong, man. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So it'll it'll be the Chargers. It'll never be the Steelers because I think the Steelers there's some there's some bad road ahead with that <laughs> Steelers yeah. thing. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because when Big Ben says goodbye, they <laughs> they yeah. got nothing in the cupboard. Like they, I think a lot of the Steelers fans think that they're they've got the infrastructure in place to absorb Aaron Rodgers if he wants to leave. But I, I talked to my, my one of my Steeler fan friends. He's like, Nah, man, nah, not really. <laughs> I think it's time to nah. trade T.J. Watt for picks. And, and look ahead. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's all we got today from the callers. All the sad people can go to bed because you basically touched on all the things they wanted to talk about. Tevin Jenkins, play calling, yeah. cowardice, yeah. Uh, and all that stuff. So that, that that's all yeah. we got today from the callers. And we appreciate them so much, as always. Yeah, we love you. We love you. And, and stay motivated out there. And keep your head held high. There's, there's only four more of these for the season. And then we can delve into other COVID outbreaks for the Chicago Bulls. But thank you once again for hitting us up on the voicemail line. It's always open for you, by the way. If you're just walking down the street on a random Wednesday and you're like, oh, I just want to hit up the, the Full Gold Podcast voicemail line, do so. All right. Save it to your contacts. 773-359-3103. We appreciate you as always. It's the full go, baby. 
All right, that's all the time we have for episode 41 of the Full Gold Podcast. We'll be back Tuesday night after Bulls and Pistons. If there's any news out of Alice Hall, we'll talk about it right here. As always, make sure you hit us up on the Full Gold voicemail line at 773-359-3103. That's 773-359-3103. We'd like to say thank you to our producer, Steve Cerruti. Chris Tannehill and Jesse Lopez. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading this thing. Thank you for sharing it, rating and reviewing us. We appreciate you so much. And thank you for subscribing because that means it pops up in your Spotify as soon as we put these joints out. We appreciate you, like I said. As always, we leave you with the same message and it needs to be a part of your daily life. You got to take care of each other. And please, please, as this Omarion variant is running around out here, please be safe.